Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Let me tell you, something that warms my heart is seeing the little kids coming up here, and they're, they're doing their best. It just warms my heart. Did you pay attention to the words they were singing that was going through there? You're a good, good father is who you are, is who you are. I'm loved by you. I'm you. All of us are loved by him. So I'm sure you guys have picked this up today, the day's Father's Day. Well, let me tell you a story about one time that it happened to be something special for my dad, but I was too busy. So about five years ago, I was touring all over the country, and I was speaking and getting to play music. And November 5th came around, that's my dad's birthday. And of course, I was on the road and doing my thing, and I didn't reach out to him that day. I didn't say happy birthday, didn't get my phone out, didn't send him a text, nothing. Just went on the day like it was a normal day. Well, the tour ended, and I got sitting down, and I started looking at the calendar going, oh, no, I forgot my dad's birthday. How can you possibly forget your own dad's birthday? Because guess what? When December 25th comes around, you know what I don't forget? I don't forget Jesus' birthday. But you know what I forgot November 5th? I forgot my dad's birthday. So I called him up real quick, and I said, Dad, I'm so sorry. He's like, son, it's, it's okay. I know what you've been up to. You were, you were spraying the word of God, and it's all right. He goes, it does not matter if you remember my birthday. As long as you're up there proclaiming the, the gospel. And that meant so much to me because I'm always a busy guy back then. And he said, no matter what you do, you will be okay. So... I took that as it is, but still, I beat myself up because I don't forget Jesus' birthday that we celebrate, but I forgot my own dad's. So today's message is going to be God is faithful. Well, let me tell you a story about faithfulness. It's, it's a guy and a woman, a man and wife. So this guy, he looks kind of nerdy. You know, have you seen Revenge of the Nerds? Kind of looks like one of those guys, and then he has a wife who looks like a model, and they always go out, and they're not, they're not famous or anything. They're, they're always hanging out at parties and stuff, and the guy always feels so insecure by himself. Does anyone know why? It's because his wife is so stunning. Like Everyone's walking up, can I take a picture with you? Because she's so beautiful. And one night, this, this guy was fed up. He's like, all right, I'm done. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm done going out in public with you. And she goes, Why? Well, I'm always afraid that when I go to these parties, when I go to these events with you, that you're going to end up leaving with someone else. And so the wife sat him down and said, you know, uh, we go to church for a reason. And throughout the Bible, we see tons and tons of stories of God being faithful, and that's how we should be in relationships. And so no matter how many parties, no matter how many guys hit on me, I'm still going to come home to you. 
Now, what's the definition of faithful? Hmm. I think it's true. It might be a constant. Hmm. Something else sounds like that. The definition of faithful is loyal, constant, and true to the facts of the original. There's only one original. Do you know what the original is for faithful? God is the only faithful thing that can actually hold on to being faithful. So when I think of faithfulness, I think of God. Because, I mean, let's face it, in the Old Testament, God would come through and he'd tell all these things were going to happen as long as you do what I tell you to, and if you don't, this is going to happen. That's kind of weird. How many times did that happen, though? Tons of times. We're going to look at a couple different ones of those this morning. But before we get there, because it is Father's Day, there's a couple different types of dads I want to point out. The first dad is the absent dad. And the absent dad probably met the mom at a party or a kegger and knocked the woman up. Just saying, that's probably what happened. Uh, then there's the in and out dad. In and out burger, you been there? You know, you go in, you go back out. The in and out dad is there when it's convenient only for him. I want to say I have a kid, but I don't want to take care of that kid because that's too much time. That's too much effort. And then there's another dad that I want to point out, and that's the constant dad. The constant dad is there no matter what. This is, this is the category I put God in, and this is the category I put most dads that go to church in. Because if you're going to church and you're keeping yourself grounded on God, you're probably going to be a constant father in your son's life. I put my dad in the constant dad. No matter what time it was, if my dad said we were going to go play catch, I believed him. But my dad worked four different jobs when I was growing up. Four jobs. So if it hit like 7 o'clock at night and we still haven't played catch, I knew, well, dad has to go to sleep. But he says tomorrow. All right, so first thing tomorrow. And dad would be awake and we'd play catch before I went to school. That's great. But what about the Bible? Where do we see some cool things in the Bible? Who here has heard about something amazing in Kentucky? There's this thing that's pretty cool. We have an actual ark that is built down in Kentucky. See, it's, it's huge. That's, that's you like driving up to it. Has anyone actually stood up against that arch? That ark? How small do you look? Itty bitty. I actually have a picture. Can you see those people? They look like ants. They are itty bitty ants. You imagine yourself standing there right now? Just, just imagine you're an ant and you're trying to look up and how big that place is. For those that have been there, you get to experience it, and it's kind of overwhelming because you're so small. You're just like, wow. And God told someone to do this. Now, God told Noah, build an ark. The floods are coming. I don't know if you watch any movies, but there's a movie called Evan Almighty, and Evan was told, build the ark. The flood is coming. Different kind of floods, right? 
So Evan goes out and he builds the ark. It took him a while, didn't it? And man, did you see that hair grow on him? It grew and it grew. But you know what Noah and Evan didn't do? They didn't give up. Now, if you turn your Bibles to chapter, Genesis chapter 9, I'm going to read it out of here for you. It's verses 9 through 17. It says, now behold, myself to do establish my covenant. Because you can't do anything about God's faithfulness without your covenants. And sorry about the words up there, guys. I know it's small. They were bigger the other day, but I don't know what happened. My covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you. The birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you. All of that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there again be a flood destroy the earth. God says, this is the sign of the covenant which I am making between you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. All generations, the older generations, the new generations, there's this covenant that's going to keep the world from flooding again. I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth, and the bow will be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature. And never again shall the water become a flood, destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the cloud, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of the flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on this earth. Well, for people that don't go to church... When they say bow, I don't know. I mean, when I was a little kid and I read bow, I, a hair bow, because I, you know, I was a little kid. But he's talking about the rainbow. But before we get to the rainbow, the floods. I have a picture, actually, of a flood. This picture was taken up in Vandalia out of the Kaskaskia where the levees were being breached. This happens almost yearly. Thank goodness it didn't happen this year. Almost. But when I think of floods, this is what I think of, because I'm from Vandalia. And every year, the, road flood, the river floods, and it gets out of the banks, and it ends up across the road. You know what happens when it gets across the road? They shut down the road. Makes traveling a lot hard. One year, I worked in Walmart in Salem, and they shut down that road, and you know how far I had to drive out of the way to get to work? I had to drive all the way to Effingham and then down the interstate and hope that it didn't flood, and it was getting close to it. So when I think of flood, this is what I think of, because that's, that's my experience. Some other people might think of 1993 flooding over by St. Louis. Or here recently, you might think of the flooding that's going on over there. It's devastating. But you know what I remember is every time that it rains, it storms, and I look to the heavens I will see a rainbow, and the rainbow stands for no more flooding will take over all the earth. Do you know what makes a rainbow? It's actually a really cool thing. It's, it's actually where the sunlight comes and hits the rain, and it refracts. 
So it's where the rain and the sunlight meet. How cool is that? The, the rain and sunlight can meet together to make a rainbow. There's actually a video out right now, and I've tried getting it, but I can't download it. And it's actually a full rainbow where it's a big circle. And it's actually been shared all across Facebook here, here in the last couple of days. And if you just go watch that video, you just kind of look at it and you're just like, how awesome is God to have something like that that we can see? Like, it's just so much. Now, so you've seen the covenant in Noah that I give you my rainbow. I want you to imagine, though, that God came to you and said, build this ark. Some of the feelings that I've felt, because I, I put myself in Noah's shoes, was I'm just a no, normal guy. I can't do this. Some people are better with carpentry than I am and probably be more skilled to do this. But when God calls us to do something, he wants us to do it. Now, we can't forget, if we're going to talk about Noah, then we got to transition into speaking about this guy named Jacob who was told the same story that two other guys were told. And this is pretty cool here. Because it was told to Abraham, it was also told to Isaac. And if you flip a couple pages over, you'll make it into chapter 28 in Genesis. We're going to read verses 10 and 15 through 15. This is Jacob's dream. Then Jacob departed from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones. I got two stones. Oh. Took one of the stones and placed it under his head and laid down in that place. He had a dream, and behold, a ladder set on the earth. I got a ladder. With its top reaching to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending, ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give it to you and send your, your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you and your descendants shall be all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever and go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So just, just track with me here for a minute, okay? So imagine that you're Jacob and you're going to lay down because it's nighttime, it gets dark, and you put your head on the, on the rock. And it's not very comfortable, but they did it back then and they, he went to sleep. And now, imagine you're still laying there and the ladder appears out of nowhere in your dream. And all you see is angels ascending and descending. And then you see God. And God tells you the land that you're lying on, the land, is given to you. 
don't know about you, but just thinking about that, sleeping with my head on a rock that's not very comfortable, seeing this ladder, which is probably not a ladder like this, but just thinking about that kind of gives me chills because the fact that how awesome would it be to see God speaking to you like that? The place where you're at will be yours. Not the place way over there, but this place right here. If you don't know much about Jacob, Jacob wrestled with God. He did. You know what God did to Jacob? Reached out and struck him on the hip. You know what Jacob has now? He has a limp. Jacob has to live with that limp now. That's not part of this story, but that's just a little retrospect because you'll, you'll find out why. Because if, if God's faithful through Noah and God's faithful through Jacob, there has to be someone else that is even better to tell. And there is. There's this guy named Moses. And let me tell you, you can talk about Moses all day long. Like I could have used Moses through this entire thing if I wanted to. So Moses here shouldn't have even been alive anymore. When Moses was born, the great old wise one made a decree that boys need to be, baby boys need to be killed off to help the population, right? So Moses was born, and guess what happened? He got put in a little basket and went down the river. And guess where he ended up at? Oh, the old great wise one's house. Guess who got to take care of Moses? His mom helped take care of him. Huh. God had something to start at the very start with Moses, didn't he? He knew something was going to happen. If you flip your books over to Exodus chapter 4, so Moses actually, if you ever hear anyone talk about Moses, you hear about his insecurities. I mean, Moses, he, he, he had some issues. Like, this is a misfit. Like, who would use this guy? So, starting in verse 10, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf, or seeing or blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now, then go and I, even, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you to say. But he said, Please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, if, if God's telling you to go do something, you should probably do it, right? Because he gets very angry here. Is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in, in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I, even I, will be with you your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, 
He shall speak for you for, to the people, and he will be as a mouth for you. And you will be as good to him. You shall take in your hand the staff with which you shall perform the signs. So Moses can't talk, or he doesn't feel like he can talk. So he gets his brother Aaron, right? And Aaron can talk. Now some really cool stuff happens. You know, he gets, he gets the Ten Commandments. He, he leads, leads the Israelites around out of slavery. And you know what happens to Moses? He doesn't even make it to the promised land. Because, as we learned last week, they didn't listen solely to God. They didn't want to follow everything that was said. So Moses actually died and he, could, he was in reach. Like he could see it. He could smell the promised land. He knew he was getting ready to be there. And he, I'm sure it was like he was drooling. Like, you know when you go to a steakhouse and you see your steak and you're, you're starting to salivate and it's just the smell of it. It's just so good. And so here he is and he can see it. But to follow through with, with what God said is Moses had to die. So as he's on the outskirts of the promised land, Moses dies. You know what happens then? This guy named Joshua steps up. Because this guy named Joshua steps up, he leads him into the promised land. And it wasn't an easy, easy lead either. But he leads him to the promised land. So God was faithful through Noah with a rainbow. God was faithful with Jacob by giving them the promised land. And God was faithful for Moses. I mean, you can look at his entire life and see that there's faithfulness because he shouldn't have been there. He should have been dead. And since God was faithful through all these guys, I'm sure he'll be faithful with you. Because God's not a liar. If God calls you to do something, you should probably do it. I know this from a lesson that I was taught a couple years ago. So as I told you at the start, about five years ago, I was touring around and spreading the word and leading music places. Well, one thing that happens whenever you start getting fame is you get this thing called pride. And pride will come up and bite you. And it will tear you apart. When you start following what pride tells you to do, you start taking God out of the equation. You know what happens? God will wait for you, and he will wait. It's like a snake. And he'll wait and... Out of nowhere, he'll smack you right in the back of the head. Well, so I, I did that fall, and I, I said, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. What, what did I do? And he goes, you, you were not listening to me. You were doing whatever the pop world wanted you to do, what the music industry wanted you to do. He goes, I don't want you to do that. Just sit back, relax, take all the fame off you, and follow through. Well, I took that as... I'm going to turn, turn my back from God. I'm going to turn my back from the church because I can't do what I want to do because I let my humanness get in the way. So I did what I wanted to do, and well, there he was again, waiting to get me. And right there, what? All right, God, I see you. And he goes, I got big plans. You, you just need to, you need to listen to me. I got big plans too, God. I can see it. I'm, I'm right there. I, I'm, I'm on the crust. And he goes, no, forget that. You aren't listening. So again, God get hit in the back of the head a little bit. 
Because God is faithful. Because even if we look at this, just the stories of the Israelites, <laughs> the stories of the Israelites, right? Let, let's, let's have a, a golden calf and we're going to pray, pray to that, right? No. God gets very angry. The story of Noah, why did he flood the world? Because we weren't following what he wants to do. If we're not following him, then why are we even doing this? If God can be faithful to us, then we need to be faithful to him. Now, I got some things here. So if God's faithful, God has adopted all of us into his family. So even if you don't have a father, if you had a really bad dad, God has offered us all a place in his family. He has adopted all of us. And when people hear that, they get really confused. So God is the ultimate father. If you haven't picked that up, God is the ultimate father. And today's Father's Day. And so who needs most, most recognition than God himself? But you know what? God doesn't rec- want all that recognition. He does it because he loves us. So do you know God as your father? If you think about the story of Noah, what does your flood look like in your life? Is it a really low thing? What's the rainbow in your life? Is it something that's joyful when you look at it? If you look at the story of Jacob, you have, Jacob has that permanent scar of the limp. What's your permanent scar in your life? And what does your promised land look like? Because we all have something that we all have correlates with that. We all have some type of scar. We all have some type of promised land. God has said, this is going to be for you if you follow through. What are your insecurities? We all have them. I mean, I don't think I can talk very well. I'm kind of like Moses. And what are your bondages? Like, what... What was holding you back? What can you overcome? I'm going to ask Gary to come up and start playing the piano. And if you don't know God as your father today, I want to walk him up to the front while he plays this last song. And I'll talk to you about that. If you want to become a member of the church this week, I'll welcome you to the front. We're not going to turn anyone away. Because this is God's house and God's the Father. If you don't know God as your Father today, I want to welcome you into coming up here and find out how you can join in His family. Because let me tell you, God's family is the best family you can have. Now please bow your heads as I pray. Father God, thank you for letting us gather today. Thank you for letting us come to your house. Thank you for letting us join in your family. Thank you for having such great weather the last couple days. and Thank you for letting us have VBS come up this week. We just want to ask for your hands to guide us this week as we lead all these kids towards your family. We want to ask this in your name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tvccentralia.com 
forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.